Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Apple's going to make it easier for you to drop the F-bomb without being autocorrected to duck. <laughs> and I know with a lot of the texts I get from you, there's a lot of ducks. A lot of ducking going on. Yeah. They're shifting over to an AI-powered autocorrect, which is tailored to you, not just to a dictionary. The update isn't immediate. It'll take a little time to go through, but... Apple software chief announced the change, saying, in those moments where you just want to type a ducking word, right? the keyboard will learn it, too. I should just get a duck emoji and start putting that on there. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you use that a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. It's funny. I, I love the word, and I say it a lot. But when I'm texting, if I'm spelling it out, I'm like, oh, that, maybe that's too much. Right. I'll go with the F in, or I'll put the F in a couple of asterisks and a K. Uh, I've gone to the uh, spelling more like Hawk, A-W-K on the end right. of it. Yeah. It's a great word. Mm-hmm. Of all the swear words, it's it's probably the best. Although I like the mother in front of it. Right. Okay. You get all the hard consonants. Yeah. It's a good, uh, it's a good release word. Like you feel a sense of release after letting out a few, a tirade of them. When you uh, spew out the mother and the sucker. Oh, oh, that's wow. That is instant relief. <laughs> and the amount of times you hear it on a golf course. Oh, I was playing a course not too long ago, and there's houses all around it. And I thought, man, what you must hear. <laughs> when it comes to yeah. because because you know if I were living on a golf course I don't think I want to be mid fairway I don't think I, I'd be comfortable with balls spraying into my backyard at, at full speed all the time so around a tee box seems like a nice place to be uh, a little more mm-hmm. safe behind a tee box but what you will hear what your children will hear <laughs> yes there's one that we have played and every time we tee off at that particular. A golf course, I think it's the second hole. I always think you wouldn't want to live right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, your children will uh, will learn some colorful language very quickly. <laughs> Can't have your kids outside for uh, basically uh, May through uh, October. Oh, I was spewing some of that yesterday. You were I, I had to tell you, no, I wasn't golfing, in fact. It was something different. I... Um, I had realized, I was, I was looking back, we were looking back through some pictures, and it, all of a sudden uh, it dawned on me that I had a cousin who was in town last year around this time. And I took her back to the airport, um, and on the way back her flight got delayed. Mm. So we stopped and we had lunch in Scarborough and bought a lottery ticket there. Uh-oh. And I Uh-oh. thought, oh, what the hell happened? To that lottery ticket. Because. You remembered you had bought the lottery ticket. I remembered I had bought the lottery ticket. And so what happened was, I, I, I've been playing the lottery for years, and then it's no secret. But what I've done since, you know, the pandemic really is I switched to online. And so all the tickets just basically get bought on, in a, in a system. And right. I don't go to regular kiosks anymore or the convenience store like I used to. And I don't have a physical ticket lying around all the time. But this is one where it was, I haven't needed a picture for something for school. And I saw this and went, 
oh, crap, she was in town, and we stopped for lunch, and I bought a lottery ticket in Scarborough. Scarborough. So I, I texted her. I said, hey, when were you, like, when was your flight back? She said, June 25th. So it would have been for the June 28th draw. And I was, like, 90% sure I had, at some point, probably checked this ticket, didn't win, threw it away. But that 10% of not being sure was enough to go... Hmm. So you kept the ticket? She didn't? Well, she was flying because she lives in B.C. Right. So I kept the ticket here. Uh, and I had written our names on it. I didn't usually do that. And for most times when I would do like a family ticket like that, I would take a picture and send it right. to everyone. And I, and I didn't do that this time. But I specifically remembered buying a ticket. Wow. So I took it to the point of calling the OLG yesterday just to give the details of when and where I bought this ticket. But isn't it too late? No, it's, oh. you have until the 28th of oh, June. Wow. It still hasn't been claimed. It's $70 million. No, of course you should so, make that call. <laughs> I was like, is there any chance? But given the fact that there could be a 1% or 0.01% chance, and I quickly got an email back from them that said, no, it was uh, my details are not uh, in line with the winning ticket. But for a second there, wow, it went, oh, could you imagine? I, I really wish you weren't able to make that call because I would have rather that eat at you <laughs> for the rest of your days. <laughs> you find yourself in and out of relationships? Well, you might be too clingy. That seems to be the biggest contributor to failed relationships, being too clingy. Mm. And then after that, overuse of social media, Poor hygiene. I think that would be uh, about clinginess. Right. Although, if you got poor hygiene, nobody wants you to be clingy. No sense of humor, being too obsessed with your pet. Poor manners. Not liking a specific food. Well, that would indicate to me that you're really not into a relationship. <laughs> you're going to break up with someone because they don't like, I don't know, hot dogs. Right, yeah. Well, unless it's, you know... You're Indian, and that person doesn't like Indian food. Oh, that would be a problem. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Or the vegetarian thing. Right. Yeah, that would be a that would be a, a full stop for you. I think it'd be difficult. It would it would it would be something that gnaws at you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, having had a vegetarian living in my house, you do learn how to get around it, and what you basically do and. Most now, the vegetarian I had living in my house, she was very easygoing. You know, whatever yeah. was served, she 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 would eat. So, um, yeah, you would just kind of cook everything and put it on the table. You just couldn't do mixed things, like you couldn't do a casserole. So, gotcha. You know, and I think the problem for me would be a preachy vegetarian as well. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that <laughs> if, they, if they don't have a problem with you eating meat, then yeah. there's no issues. Yeah. I, it, it is kind of funny when we uh, we had everybody over on uh, Sunday from Maria's birthday. And we had a lot of food on the table, and then we had these big fat steaks. And there, you know, um, Ariel, my oldest son's girlfriend, is having, like, potato salad and whatever veggie was there. And the rest of her is just gnawing away at these big hunks, hunks of beef. And I, I kind of thought, wow, this is... I almost felt a little bad. Right. I thought, well, she's the, the smart one at this table. Well, I get enough flack from you about my diet. I don't need right. it at home as well. <laughs> so Adrian never says we eat too much red meat? Um, Not usually. Like, she'll yeah. just back off. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> Let you and the boys at it? Yeah, she'll just, she has tiny portions of it. <laughs> you guys go ahead. 
That's okay. Well, somebody has to tell you. Mm -hmm. And and Dr. Downer will sooner than later. Probably. Yeah. My guts tell me enough. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm uh, I'm at a uh, blood pressure pill and a uh, high cholesterol pill, so. Okay. Yeah. I got time. You've probably got, what are you, 46? Yeah. You've got about... Uh, Five years? I was about 53, I think, when okay. I started having to take that stuff. Yeah. And then I was told to cut back on the... <laughs> Well, in my in my forties, I was being told, "All right, the cholesterol's climbing. You really should cut back," and and I did, and I was still, I think, young enough that my body was able to kind of balance. Right. Uh, but then it gets to a point where your body can't balance it out anymore, even if you are cutting back, mm-hmm. because it's not what you're eating today; it's what you've done to yourself for the last twenty years. Right. Yes. Right. There's a few poutines along that way for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll catch up with me. You're in a lot of trouble. What I've cut back is the alcohol, the drinking I've cut back on a lot. See, I would think, well, I, well I'm no doctor. What do I know? But but you visit one more than most. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I'm also a hypochondriac. Um, but I, I, and I only use this example because it's the only one I have. An uncle of mine uh, who passed away, my dad's brother, Never touched a drop of alcohol. Thought alcohol was such a sin. Just just thought it was, you know, the worst thing for you. Right. But would eat a box of donuts. Ate like the worst. Right. And died at 65. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know this to be true, but I think a bad diet will kill you quicker than alcohol will. In, possibly. Moderation is the key yeah. to everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. But I think for me, what what... Alcohol would lead to even worse food decisions. Right. For, for right. Me. Right. And it would lead to worse timing of the eating of the food. Now, at your heaviest drinking, were you uh, a daily and would you get drunk or just buzzed? Uh, I was never a daily, I don't think. All right. Uh, so when, you're more of a first... binge drinker? Um, I, I guess that would be the case. Yeah. See, that's where the bad food habits happen. Yeah. Binge drinking, and almost everybody did it. Like all the cottage parties and all yeah. the, the Saturday nights would be, we're, we're, we're drinking all afternoon. Yeah. And we're having some late dinner, we're eating steaks at 9 o'clock at night. In yeah. the dark, barbecuing them in the dark, wolfing them down and then passing out for 10 hours. And that's... Right. Yes. Yeah. And I think as when you're younger, that's what you do. You, you binge drink. Everybody binge drinks. Here's my little trick to it, so that I'm not actually eating bad food. I just drink enough every day to get a little buzz. <laughs> little buzz. In a nice little... I, I can't remember the last... Oh, I know the last time I was pass out drunk was uh, St. Paddy's Day. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. When I got pictures sent yeah. from you. But, I, but there's been a long time since I've done that. So uh, I think if I can... And I, Dr. Downer would disagree with this. Right. But I would say less of the bad food, a little more of the red wine... <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> Jack! 949 The Rock, GTA's Rock Station. That's uh, Hardy and Jack. Yesterday afternoon, I was driving around, and I was listening to Doug Elliott. He was playing that song, and I was really kind of listening to the lyrics. Because when we play the music here in the morning, we're kind of busy getting ready for the next bit of BS we're going to spew. Right. And, uh, and as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, and every time I've heard that song, I always just think, this guy, Jack, meets this guy in a bar and helps him meet this blonde girl. I think Jack is not a person, but rather a drug. 
Oh. Uh, Hell ain't the devil. Ditch me when you wanna. But if you need a little, I can fix your problems. I've always got your back. Is it Jack Daniels? Is it a drink? Oh, maybe it's a drink. Maybe. Gives you the uh, the courage. Yeah. Could be. Uh, he's playing, uh, Hardy's playing Boots and Hearts. He's part of that Friday night rock night. Yeah. With Big Wreck, J.J. Wild, and Nickelback. Go there and ask him. I, I should. Yeah, but that, that's effort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really want. To. Maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll see Thornley at our uh, Rock in the Ridge golf tournament. We'll ask him to ask Hardy. Yeah. Listen, do us a favor. It starts off with, "Hey kid, let me introduce myself. Uh, I'm a friend of your dad's when he had no one else," which would make you think, "All right, Jack. You know Jack Daniels. Right, yeah. yeah. I think you might be right about the Jack Daniels." I'll put the party in your life, boy. You know I can. Have you have you ever wanted to feel like Superman? It's funny. I've never really heard the lyrics, but when you slow it down, it sounds like a country song now if it's well, about alcohol. Isn't isn't Hardy a country guy originally? I don't know. I think he was. I think he's. Uh, I think he was more country based. Okay. And it does have a country feel to it. A little bit. Yeah. They got a kid rockish theme to it. Yeah, that's true. Anyhow, there you go. Seven sixteen. Your Polly's Craig and Lucky. With the uh, smoke and smog and haze continuing with the wildfires uh, out of Quebec, and it's been happening across the country, I've decided that uh, we should name uh, each day after a cigarette brand. <laughs> so Mondays are DeMaurier, Tuesdays are Craven A's, Wednesdays are Export A's. Right. Thursdays are Benson and Hedges. Are they still even available? Cigarettes? Well, yes, or cigarettes, but, but like actual like name brand ones. Oh, I think so. You just they're behind the uh, the doors now. You can't. Yeah, in, uh, in drawers and yeah. behind like metal. But but it, it's funny because anyone that I know that smokes, none of them smoke like a Demorier or anything like that anymore. You can't afford them. <laughs> it's always some like what the hell are you asking for? Demorier spelt wrong. <laughs> Fridays are going to be players light, Saturday are Belmont Miles, and on Sundays we're all going menthol. Right. You know. Although with it now affecting the states, I think you can definitely go to a Marlboro or a Camel, too. You can, no, that's true. You can open it up. I read recently that a Marlboro is considered the most dangerous of all brands of cigarettes. Well, I would say a highest, forest fire is around that as well. Highest nicotine. So maybe if the uh, the smog, and if it gets worse, we'll move it to a Marlboro day. Yeah, Marlboro Monday. But it is Thursday, so we're uh, Benson and Hedges today. Oh, okay. Players late tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so is it sad that really, because I was never a smoker. And uh, Oh, you missed out. And, all but cool all of kids. these labels, I really only know from like, Sports. <laughs> they were on the sides of cars at one point. <laughs> Nigel Mansell used to drive the Benson and Hedges car so in Formula never, One. Even as a like a fourteen, fifteen year old, you never took up the uh, the craving or never had friends who smoked. I definitely had friends who did. Yeah. It started around like twelve. Yeah, and you never. I mean, uh, you sampled. You had one too. I, I I took a drag, but yeah. you know, had no idea what I was doing and didn't like it. Yeah. And then it just, it, it, like me with coffee, I just see the dependency people had on things, and I went, ah, yeah. I'm, that's not for me. Somehow gambling took over, but it's, right. you know, we've all got our, our dependencies. 
I, uh, yeah, see, that's the one I never got hooked on. I, I always found gambling so completely boring. But then also, that's because I'm I'm not very bright. Right. And I can't remember poker hands, <laughs> and I can't count. So playing blackjack always screwed me up. It's always fun playing poker with a guy who's got to look down at the list of hands yeah. as you're playing. You're like, oh, he's got something. I'm the guy. <laughs> you can tell what a couple of cards match in his head if he's got to refer to the yeah. sheet to see yeah. whether or He's got something. I'm the guy that would show you my hand and go, what, what is this? <laughs> I'm the guy at a blackjack table going seven, eight, nine. <laughs> and sometimes the dealers don't count for you. People yeah. get so frustrated by that. I'm always Ooh, the I guy. Have. I'm the guy at the blackjack table that everybody else looks at and goes, really? Just <laughs> screw it up for all of us now? Yeah, I know. So I always stayed away. But boy, oh boy, I did love the smoking. I think I probably took it up around 14, but then my whole family smoked. Everybody smoked. My right. my parents, my sister. And, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I to this day, I, even though I, I haven't smoked since probably my 30s or maybe a little younger, I'm not one of those people that gets bothered by it. Like, I can walk through people smoking. I don't get the smell doesn't bother me. Maybe sometimes if somebody's really up close to me and they've got cigarette breath, I, that, that can be annoying, but I don't care about the smell of cigarettes. It doesn't faze me. As a matter of fact, if the doctors said tomorrow, if all of a sudden research came out and said, smoking is great for your eyebrows, <laughs> I'd be right back on the darts. One of the things almost all of us uh, can agree upon is we hate being hounded by people who work in stores. You know, as soon as you walk in to like a, a, uh, like a bay or something, and somebody's there to say, can I help you? How They're can I help greet you? Greet you right away. Greet you right away. What can I help you with? None Even of the Walmart like greeters people don't like. I mean, yeah. they're there for security purposes more than just to help you along. And they, at least they just say hi. Right. And that's fine. A hello is, is fine. But, yeah, sometimes you just want to be left alone because it, maybe you're really not kind of in the mood or you're, you know. You I'm know. a browser. So, yeah. you know, very, very rarely am I going in for a store for something specific. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you love shopping. Right. You well, do love to shop. Well, it depends. Like, like when we were like on vacation, we'd go to like an outlet mall or something yeah, like so that. And when I'm there, I'm just browsing. I'm mm -hmm. literally going in seeing what's on clearance and what's cheap and what's... I, I'm not looking for specific things. Like, I would never, ever just go to an outlet or uh, a mall just to look at things. Mm. I, I, I only ever go to a store when I need something. Right. Got to go buy a pair of jeans... Off to the store I go. I would never, but yeah, you like you like to browse. I'm alright with it. Yeah, you're dainty that way. I like a sale. <laughs> Whereas you will just go in and pay full pop. Well, no, but you, but you will go buy stuff you don't need just. Well, I'll need sale. it eventually. No, you won't. You never use that <laughs> kayak ever. Yeah. That's when you know you've just got too much money. Right. When you can just, just randomly buy crap because you think you might need it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I need broccoli today because I have to eat. Right. <laughs> You're buying some pencil sharpener. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I'll need. Because <laughs> you know you'll need it one right. day. Do all my taxes. Um, so, yeah, people hate being uh, attacked by employees in a store and hovering over them. But then we also hate the opposite when there's nobody around to help us. Right. So we don't want you. We just want you when we need you. Well, isn't that how our society works now? Yeah. Stay out until I need you. 
I uh, I can't uh, tell you the amount of times I've roamed around some kind of home reno store and can't find anybody. Mm. Looking for that orange apron or the blue one. Can't find anybody. Really? Yeah. The bigger stores are tough sometimes because they've got stuff to do or they're already helping other people. Right. Um, the smaller stores you'll find, because you can find it in cottage country a lot. There's usually like one small uh, hardware store mm. that's got like one of everything. Right. And the people in there, the second you walk in, you say, I'm looking for this particular screw, and they know exactly where it is. Yeah, and I do feel bad for some of the employees at the home reno stores because a lot of times they're they're uh, perhaps older. Maybe they had a career in home renovation or they were... You know, they might have been a plumber or an electrician or something, and they've retired, and this just uh, helps fill their days. And I always feel bad when I'm talking to a guy in electrical, and I don't know how a Marat works. <laughs> you know? And he's like, dude, you just take the two wires. Like, it's so easy. What right. is your problem? Well, I'm sure they run into the situation quite often at these home reno stores where you shouldn't be doing the reno yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and That's they true. really just want to tell you, hey, we have contractor services that yeah. you can send someone to fix this for you. Perhaps if you don't know what a moret is, electrical is not what you <laughs> should be doing right now. <laughs> there's always the one guy that everybody does find, and there's like six people lined up to talk right. to him, all holding our phone <laughs> with a picture of our problem. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was the problem for my doctor to see, yeah. not you. <laughs> How old do you think your kids have to be before you would leave them at home for a weekend? For just a weekend, 48 hours. Because uh, Evan's what, 13 now? Yeah. Christian's 11? Uh-huh. Uh, I, would think, I would think they've got to at least be like 15 or 16. Do you think you'd still do it? Would you be, uh, even though you say that, do you think you would? Uh, I guess it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> if it was an emergency, sure. Emergency. Like, you and uh, Adrian have never gone away on your own since having children, right? Um, not for more than a couple of nights. Right. No. Never flown away, no. Um, a quarter of people say they think it would be okay to leave your kids for a weekend at 13. Whew. Most said 16. Yeah. I think around 15 or 16 is when my parents uh, started taking off and, and leaving my sister and I alone. Mm. Probably around when I was 15 or 16. Is she older or younger than you? She was younger. She was four years younger than me. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it helps that we've got, like, family very close. Right. Right. In the, in the, in the area. So that at least there would be a backup plan yeah. in place. And now you've got, you know, cameras on houses and, you know, yeah, all of this of is so much changed. So much easier to keep track. And yet we're so much more scared. Right. And I think it's because there's too much. You know too much. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Remember when we were, uh, when we were in Windsor and uh, we took off for a, a golf weekend. And our youngest, we used to say to him, every time we went away, there was always something. We used to, you know, he'd be calling us with some emergency all the time. And so this one particular weekend, we said, look, just let us have this weekend. Mm. Don't go crazy. Don't get arrested. Let's just. <laughs> and then, so we were way up in northern Michigan, and my phone rings, and it's David. Here we go.
He's calling because he decided he wanted to go get nipple piercings. <laughs> so we, now we had a very colorful conversation about that, <laughs> where the mother of the thing was added. Right. Um, and I remember asking my neighbor just to keep an eye on the house uh, to make sure there was no house parties going on. And so my youngest again decided, well, okay, we cannot have a house party. But that doesn't mean I can't have a party in the garage. That's not really the house. Right. So my neighbor calls me to say, uh, there's about 20 kids in your garage. <laughs> so then I called David myself and the mother and the more words and food. Yeah. Yeah. Could never go anywhere. <laughs> my neighbor across the street was was like the the block parent slash uh, kind of neighborhood watch guy yeah. and so he was always one that was keeping an eye on cars in the neighborhood and who was coming around he's long since passed but now you know i remember being at a hockey tournament and one of the dads got a a text message from a neighbor with a a, a picture of his driveway and like his cars even on the lawn like oh all across God. And I went, oh, man. And I think what happens now is we as parents in my generation think, well, we've been there and done that, so we know the tricks. And I think every parent has thought the same thing. I know the tricks. I know how this works. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I was no saint. I flooded my parents' basement once with a house party. Mm. and uh, But, I mean, I saw a lot more damage uh, to other homes. I remember going, there was a phase in the 80s where it was decided the cool thing to do was to invade somebody's house. If you heard of a house party, everybody would go and you'd literally destroy the house. Like, I remember watching a guy, there was like a big, beautiful, multi-layered glass coffee table, and some guy dropped a 40-pounder of rum through it. Oh, God. Another guy threw a case of beer into a dryer. Yeah. Well, teenagers weren't smart. They never, they never have been. been. No. Um, and, but the problem now is, and and this will be the warning for my kids, is that, they, yeah, we had the same thing in the 90s mm. when there were house parties going on. But you found out through a friend's buddy's friend of so-and-so, yeah. no one had cell phones. Right. And no one had social media to blow these things up. And that's where the problems lie now. Is right. Once the word gets out, uh, you have no idea how many people are coming. I uh, I threw a house party once uh, when my parents were gone, and there was about a a dozen of my uh, my pals, and we were all just passing joints around the uh, kitchen. And then I got a knock at the door, and I opened the front door, and there had to be forty five or fifty people. <laughs> so a good friend of mine said, uh, "Heat score." That was the thing you yelled back then. Heat score, which meant cops were coming. Right. And everybody scattered, thank God. And then he came back in the house, and we continued to smoke weed. <laughs> he saved the day that time. But that's the problem now. Well, they had the problem. They're trying to shut him down. It was the Airbnb parties, right? Yeah. Well, one person to rent them, let, the, let everybody know, and next thing you'll get a 1,000 kids showing up somewhere. Never imagine coming home. Now, my dad was, well, I'm still standing, so he didn't kill me over the flooded basement. I don't even know what excuse I came up with. But the problem was he had just put a rec room down in the basement. This is an old 70s, 70s right. home uh, with the paneling and the whole thing. But the carpet he had put down there was black with uh, white squares amongst it and like kind of red 
outlining around the squares. And uh, so when the basement flooded and made its way into the carpet, all those white squares went pink. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Bobby. Bobby was not happy with his Craigie. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.